Welcome to the Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford podcast. Life is difficult and trying to live it to the fullest while constantly second-guessing yourself and feeling stopped by regret or painful experiences can take a toll on anyone. Do you want to get unlocked and see for yourself the beauty that life has to offer? Are you ready for aha moments and strategies to propel your business and family into a world of health? Then you've come to the right place. Join Dr. Shannon Crawford, a licensed psychologist, leadership consultant, conference speaker, and CEO of Crawford Clinics located in Dallas, Texas, as she shares her expertise from her life's commitment to helping you, the CEO, therapy client, parent, and teacher alike, identify and remove the unconscious blocks hindering you from thriving in your potential. We will also have amazing guests with incredible stories, rich knowledge, and keys to help you get unlocked today. Let's get started. Your greatest assignment as a leader is to cast vision. You are the one that is assigned as the head. And so without you, the organization will spread and everyone will have many heads and no actual direction. So we need you to have clarity. The issue is there's actually four processing centers from which you can derive your vision. So to know that can help take some of the mystery out of why do some days I lead with vision and clarity and I'm on point and some days it's like muddled and foggy and it feels like you're walking in quicksand. Many times that's because we're going between different self states or different internal processing centers. So without getting into too much of the psychology backstory, I'm going to try to keep this high level and you can follow any of our other videos on restoring self cohesion for more of the intel on what I'm talking about for this purpose, for just speaking to leaders, I'm going to tell you, you have four processing centers. You have your prefrontal cortex. That's that smart brain front, that strategy, it's vision, it's futuristic thinking, long-term, um, being able to take input, lots of data points, and then create a synthesis. So that's the personality part of you that is driven, it's on, and you feel like yourself. From your prefrontal cortex processing center, now this is kind of rudimentary, there's lots of parts of the brains involved, but I'm just making it really simplistic for our purpose, that your prefrontal is the part that will rely on tradition of what your industry has done before, it will rely on new thinking some, it will rely on input from mentors, advisors, C12 groups, reading books, going to conferences. So you're actively engaged when you're operating from your conscious mind or your prefrontal cortex. And then let's take it a step down. Many leaders get into kind of complacency where we get a little bit into a rut without even thinking about it. Whenever something is new and novel, your brain optimizes attention there, good or bad, threatening or exciting. You know, if you're going to get MAV tickets and you're thinking about that, that's all you can think about, or this, you know, skiing trip or starting this new business or a romantic interest, then that's where the brain is queued up and it's giving all the dopamine, all the attention to that area. That's when your prefrontal is engaged. But what you'll find is after you've been in something for a while, there's like this lull and stagnation where your brain has now created automaticity. 
So think of like a computer, it's the automatic processing and your brain will start auto-populating so you don't have to think about it and put as much attention to something that's now kind of rudimentary and old hat for you. So that's a beautiful part of our brain design is that we are made for efficiency. If your brain has decided, I've already done this, I'm good, your brain will create heuristics. And a heuristic is a mental shortcut that helps your brain just create a pathway attached to doing it without you having to think about it. So for instance, being able to drive home and get there and be like, whoa, I was thinking about 12 other things. How did I get home safely? How did I get here already? That's because your brain was engaged with higher order processing while your brain was still processing how to drive, how to turn right, how to stop at the light, how to stay within the speed limit and avoid the speeding traps, you know, the cops. All of those brain processes are happening in the background and that's part of your subconscious. Subconscious is not unconscious. We'll talk about that in a second. Subconscious is everything your inner world does for you automatically without having to put thought to it. So for instance, you're listening to me, your brain is taking that in while also digesting your food, oxygenating your blood, regulating your temperature, your hormones, being able to think about, okay, I need to leave in 10 minutes to go pick up the kids. I need to make sure I schedule that team meeting. Your brain will do a lot for you. So that old expression that we only use, you know, the top five or 10% of our brain, that's kind of a misnomer because your brain is always engaged, but it's doing a lot of it under the waterline. So the subconscious brain is just part of neuroscience. It just means everything that's done for you without having to think about it. So the subconscious brain is engaged when you've done something a long time. So for the married people out there, I want to challenge you. Are you showing up with your prefrontal cortex, all doughy eyed and romantic and sweet with your romantic partner? Or are you phoning it in? You're kissing them on the cheek as you're kind of checking the phone and multitasking as you're looking at the kids and, and still kind of running through that last conversation and that budget uh, debate or whatever. Are you multitasking? Are you allowing your subconscious mind to do a ton of work so that you're not actually showing up as a visionary, as a leader, as a spouse, as a parent, that the people in your life, including your business team, need you to show up, but so much more so to your family members and all of us, me included, we're all vulnerable to subconscious processing that's automatic. It does it for us. You can kind of talk to your secretary as you're multitasking and doing a ton of other things. Your teammate comes in with an issue and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's really important. You're, you're saying the right things, but people can feel that you're far from them. And if you're trying to cast vision from the subconscious brain, you will do what has always been done. Kind of like Blockbuster Video, who is like the famous example in getting the MBA, right? That we all can see they phoned it in. They said, this is what's been working. This is successful. This is how it's always been done. So we're not going to innovate. We're not going to be desperate and hungry and be on the leading edge because we're comfortable. It's gotten easy. And so you may even self-reflect for yourself right now. Did I start in that prefrontal, that leaning in driving edge? And now I'm kind of getting into complacency where it's comfortable, it's easy, and I'm doing what's always been done. 
I've lost my hunger. I've lost my first love, that drive for my family, that drive for my business, that drive to be an initiator, to help solve societal issues through the sphere of influence I've been given through money, position, board of advisors, wherever you're serving, there's a reason you've been placed there, but are you starting to phone it in? The way you would know is how automatic your decisions come, how quick and easy that you don't have to actually diligently process and seek it out and seek wise counsel and like really be intentional because everything just kind of auto-populates for you. Like your cell phone, how the passwords will auto-populate and you, you and I can get lazy and stop remembering our passwords, stop remembering people's phone numbers. I'm guilty of that because it automatically does it for me. That's what being in a subconscious driving state is like. Many leaders who've been leading for a while, we get into automaticity. And then there's an unconscious leadership style. And so my brain is still showing up. My subconscious is still doing automaticity, but every once in a while you'll notice getting triggered and it's like, whoa, you might get rageful on the road or um, just start talking to an intern that you know better than to talk to, right? Or indulging in a little messenger conversation that you know you shouldn't be. Or all of a sudden going back to substances that you've been able to abstain and you've really been proud of yourself, but now you're just kind of inching back into those old habits to cut the edge off. If in any of those states and a million more, you notice, man, I'm getting burnt out. I'm fantasizing about escape. I just don't want to be in this life. I don't want to live here. I want to live on a desert island and a beach somewhere. Then you know you may be triggered. And so triggered is just the fancy term for when your inner world, the seat of leadership on the inside of you is no longer your prefrontal, it's now an unconscious part of you. Unconscious is very different than subconscious. Subconscious is everything's kind of humming along. Unconscious means there's a regressed or a stuck part of you that is feeling a trapped emotion and experience. And now it feels like a panic attack. It feels like this heart attack overcoming you. It feels like your spouse doesn't love you and your team doesn't appreciate you. And it feels like in, entitled to yell at that teenage kid because they need to clean up their room and be responsible. And how dare they disrespect me? In this place, you'll notice that your volume of your emotions. So think of your emotions on a volume dial that they go from zero, like catatonic coma, to 10. <laughs> and it's like rage, Hulk, uh, depressed, crying, can't function, burnout. That's the 10. So if you go quickly, if I go quickly from zero to five, then I know I'm triggered. The reason is neurologically, you cannot have an immediate reaction to an emotion at all without it being a trapped emotion. The reason is I have to actually process their shock denial at first where the brain is actually having to think about like, oh, Janie's behavior at breakfast this morning. Wow, that had an a impact on me. Huh, I have an emotion about that. Wait a second. I think I feel disrespected or hurt or I didn't like how that felt. And so now you can go back and reflect and now emotion catches up. But if emotion comes really quick and you're like, oh, Susie in a accounting just did that thing and I know what she really meant, then you know it was quick and it was automatic and you were mind reading. 
So a big clue is how intense and quick the emotion comes up, the volume of your emotion, and how quickly you start ruminating and deciding why they just did that. My spouse doesn't respect me. My you know, partner doesn't cherish me, doesn't care about me. Oh, this person at the business, they're trying to take over my seat. They're trying to undermine me and blah, blah, blah. If your inner narrative is quick to mind read, you know you're triggered. You know that you have now stepped outside of your own brain, conscious awareness with the humility of saying, I know me, and now I ask questions with curiosity and kindness of others. But if I'm inside of me and now stepping inside of the other person saying, you did this because, and it's usually negative, you're probably triggered. You don't love me. You don't respect me. You don't admire me. You don't value my leadership. You're trying to take my seat. Whatever that narrative is, is actually fruitful information. And we'll do a whole nother video just on how to resolve triggers in your inner world. But what I want you to know is there's no label on the inside that says I'm operating from my conscious prefrontal, or I'm operating from subconscious, phoning it in, automaticity, just kind of easing into life. And there's no label for I am in an unconscious self state, I am triggered. And that can last for days to weeks to months to years. It's not like a trigger is just a five minute thing. It's for as long as that part of the self is leading and has not been honored in the unconscious way it needed originally, rather than when, when we're triggered, we want it resolved right now today with this person and this event, rather than realizing there's something deeper. So please make sure you watch the video on how to resolve triggers. Okay. So there's the trigger state and you can cast vision out of trigger, which means your, your vision is going to be fearful. It's going to be controlling micromanaging. It's going to be potentially if you're in an overcompensation, maybe reaching too far, too fast, not protecting your current assets and building what you already have, because maybe there's an overcompensation of trying to prove yourself as a leader, prove that you're better than your predecessor. You're better than the other people in the industry. You deserve to be in this seat. And so you might use power trips. You might overextend, not give enough information to your team, but then expect them to perform at a certain level. All of these are inner strategies that are actually going to dumb down your ability to create clear vision and the execution of how to navigate it with strategy and do the metrics to follow up and make sure it was effective. One of the ways you know you're triggered is if anybody asks you a question about your vision or about your strategy or your protocols, and then you get offended, you feel frustrated, hurt, disrespected, annoyed, you know you're triggered. Because the prefrontal cortex really loves input. Your conscious mind really loves to have other voices, loves to have, you know, protocol and metrics and input. So if that doesn't feel good, odds are good, you're actually operating out of a unconscious self-state. And again, that could be fear where you're like doomsday and your vision is now all held back. And it's hard to imagine things going well because the recession is coming. The economy is going to change. But we all know that when the tide goes out, that's the time to advance, right? That's when everyone else is operating out of fear. Now is a great time to move forward. But you want to do it strategically and with wisdom and not just following the herd. 
kind of like 2008, where a ton of people had, were caught with their pants down professionally, metaphorically, because they had overextended, over leveraged, and they had done what everyone else was doing because the unconscious mind loves herd mentality. I love to do what everyone else is doing because it feels safe. And I love to feel special and important in what they're doing, but just more intense volume of it, a more of a driver version of it. All of which will leave you in a place where you're not making executive reasoning. And again, if when people ask you questions and they ask clarifying questions and it per, you perceive it as a threat, a disrespect, it doesn't feel right, that's a litmus test for you. That's a self-assessment to go, I might be in an unconscious part of me. And so if so, the vision I'm casting right now probably is not from the smartest part of my, my vision and my sense of self. And now let's get to the fourth, which is the most exciting and very infrequently talked about part of your vision. So we talked about conscious mind, we talked about subconscious, we talked about unconscious. And now I would love to introduce the fact that you have a spirit man. You have a true self from which all of your genome, your genetic makeup, your fingerprint that's unique to you has been wired and gifted and talented for such a time as this. You are on this planet with the gifts you have, the talent, the treasure, the sphere of influence, because it's for something so much bigger than yourself. And the conscious mind, subconscious mind, and unconscious mind will always lean towards self-idolatry, where we build our own kingdoms. We build our name, our reputation, our bank account, our sphere of influence, and then we feel really good and secure at the end of the day. But it's meaningless if it's not for a larger purpose for why you're on the planet right now to help serve others. We've heard things like servant leadership, which is fantastic, but there's so much more to servant leadership. It's really stepping outside of building my kingdom, my name, my reputation, which even in my own life as a CEO, the Lord has had to convict me that I was doing things with good motives, good intentions, following the last word I felt he said. And he said, actually, you can stay home, save your money, build your business, build your name, build your empire, or you can join me in what I'm doing. And I felt this deep conviction and awareness of my own self-idolatry that I was building all of this for me and had no idea. It was not conscious. I'm a, I'm a nice person consciously, but I had to reconcile and wrestle with the fact that my flesh was causing me to work so hard. Are you working so hard because it's building something for you or because you're truly harnessing the vision that God has given you? That there is something larger for your life to influence more people, to help set more captives free, to change economy, to employ people, to help restore honor and dignity to regions where people are, you know, homeless or they have no hope and they need education, they need good employment, they need economic reform or education or whatever industry you're in. And you are the answer that that region has been needing. You being in leadership where you're at 
in the private sector, nonprofit sector, charitable sector, wherever you are, it matters. There's DNA that God has woven together, body, soul, and spirit. And it's not until we activate our spiritual vision. And that's where we want to get to the fourth level of processing. The other ones are good. They're fine but they're inferior because that's part of your human understanding. It's not until you tap in and you have eyes to see and you have ears to hear and understand until you have a heart of flesh to recognize all these idols, all these things that I've built in life of caring what people think of wanting to be the best, of have the accolades and the achievements of climbing that corporate ladder or being seen as the industry leader, whatever that is for me and for you, we have to do the heart work. Otherwise, we are literally blind. We're living from our human understanding. We're making decisions just like the rest of the crowd. And you may have success for what purpose? Or if you start doing the inner work and you say, God convict me, where do I have idols? Where do I have layers that have built and have created blinders over my spiritual eyes, ears, and heart? And when we start to do that inner work and I start to really reconcile, where am I selfish? Where am I leading from wrong motives? Where am I people pleasing and working so hard because I want the approval of man and I want everybody to like me and we're performing monkeys trying to juggle all the bulls to keep everybody happy. In that place, we are in idolatry. That means it literally blocks your spiritual vision because your soul is leading instead of your spirit man. When we can start to clean that out, you can access your spirit. We'll have another video just on how to access, how to clean the debris so you can cast vision from your spirit. And the coolest thing is when we're leading from our prefrontal cortex, it's smart. You, you and I, we are smart and brilliant people. We are gifted for leadership. We're intelligent. We're educated. We're capable people, but it's nothing like tapping in to the spirit realm where God gives you intel on your business, on your industry, on how to lead your team, on how to know what's going to happen in the market and how to start pivoting ahead of everyone else. This is a time and a season where the world is changing rapidly. You're going to have to learn. I'm going to have to learn how to not phone it in how to not just strive and stay on the hamster wheel of thinking and thinking and thinking and analyzing and staying awake all night, still thinking. We're going to have to learn how to not just get complacent and stay in automaticity. We're going to have to learn how to work through our triggers, which is a big part of this course, because leaders more than anybody, you working through your triggers will then free your whole organization to have harmony and an ecosystem of life rather than fear, anxiety, com comparison, um, overcompensation, all of these things that actually are bleeding out of us that we can't see. And yet it's released in the atmosphere and it has a ripple effect down. What we need in this time more than ever is to start opening our spiritual eyes, opening our spiritual ears and recognizing that truth comes in as a still small voice. It does not come to your mind because that's part of your human understanding. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Our body 
and then our spirit are all distinct. So soul, mind, will, emotions, your physical body, and then your spirit, man, your spirit is designed to connect to the Holy spirit, to get Intel, to start recognizing what's my key assignment. What's the vision. And once you know your vision, you can start moving aside the good to really hone in and narrow on what's the great, what's the focus and the key assignment of this situation. What's the season ahead and how do I create strategy and vision to propel and mobilize my team accordingly. If we don't do that inner work, then we are vulnerable to casting vision that changes, that overly moves and confuses your team or hunkers down in pride. Like I'm not going to change. This is the vision I've got. And if you challenge it, then you're challenging me as a leader. All of these overdramatic and unnecessary leadership styles that many people in my office tell me it's so painful to serve leaders like that. So we're going to have further episodes where we talk about and unpack how to navigate. What do I do when I am triggered? What do I do when I am operating out of the subconscious? What do I do when I am ruminating and thinking so much and my brain won't turn off and I just keep asking more people's advice and I just try to analyze the situation to death and I can't make a decision? What do I do when my spirit has been held under captivity? Doesn't mean I'm not saved. Doesn't mean I'm not a great person. It just means all of us get out of alignment. How do I restore vision to cast vision from my spirit? So now I'm the, I'm on the leading edge of knowing what's here, what's to come, and how do we get our team safely there? And even some promises that we'll talk about of how to prosper even in wilderness seasons. I am here to cheer you on to call forth the greatness that's already in you, that's been in you in seed form since creation. And we want to unwrap what are those dynamics inside that are causing us to stumble? What are those areas of self-sabotage, self-limiting beliefs, internal glitches that we thought we just had to live with as a personality, but we can work through resolve and get you leading and feeling like yourself and really thriving so everyone else around you and your leadership gets to thrive as well. Thank you. And I'm excited that you are investing in yourself, in your team, and the world around you because your impact is so much greater than just what you're doing now. God is looking to expand those who are faithful with little to be able to steward even more. Thank you for investing in yourself, your family, and your team. We are honored to serve you and your vision.